Hi, I'm Dr. Lori Schwartz-Reichel. My career began in music education where I learned the importance of a key change, a shift, in the tonal center of a piece of music, often used to inject energy or produce significance. Eventually, I realized the impact of making key changes in all areas of my life. I also recognized a desire to help others do the same. Making key changes can be difficult. I certainly don't have all the answers, but I do like to pose questions for reflection and actionable key changes for us to attempt in both our working and living situations. Together, we can unlock our greatest potential in collaboration with those we love, serve, and lead. Let's discover how we can grow together by making key changes. Does life seem a bit more fragile to you these days? It does to me. Regardless of what roles we serve personally or professionally, expectations, positions, careers, health, and households may have changed or will change. The team of people that surrounds us may change too. Growing up, I often heard the phrase, there is no I in team, echoed by coaches, directors, and teachers. I probably said it at some point in my life and career too. But did I believe it then? Do I believe it now? Could it be negatively impacting how we learn, lead, and love? A team is made up of many unique individuals, just like, or unlike, you and me, who all learn, lead, and love differently. The many eyes, I'm putting that word I in air quotes since you can't see me, intricately make up each grouping of people. With or without a certain I, the unit will function differently. A decision, a pace, the content, or meaning could be altered or lost because of the absence or addition of one person. The process will change. The product may be modified. Think of what happens when we are missing a member of our family, a student in our class, a musician in our ensemble, an athlete on our team, or a contributor in our department or company. There is a void. Without a certain I, the group may not exist or excel at its greatest potential. Every individual matters. Because of this, we should consider prioritizing people and being aware of how others are feeling or acting. Are we noticing when people begin to burn out? Are we concerned? How are we offering them help? What happens when we begin to experience burnout? How do we feel? Do we feel good about our work? Do we want to do our work? Do we want to be around others? Are we content with our lives? Now, let's think about what happens when the people we associate with begin to experience burnout too. In preparation for a panel I served on for a recent webinar titled Burnt Out, Now What? I read the attendees' responses about what symptoms of burnout they were experiencing. I was devastated, but not shocked by their responses. There were many similarities, and I was reminded of how I feel 
and act each time I am burnt out. The responses included boredom, lack of motivation, little enjoyment, stress, anxiety, exhaustion, and being overwhelmed. Some people commented that they did not want to get out of bed in the mornings. They had less patience with loved ones, and they lacked interest in previously enjoyed activities. A few said they were waiting for a sign to leave their job or home. Burnout can lead to negative physical and mental health outcomes, such as depression and anxiety. It can disturb our sleep, as well as lead to increased alcohol and drug use. It can even cause coronary artery disease. I had no idea it could be this bad. I was blown away by some of the information I learned. Burnout has been shown to produce feelings of worthlessness and alienation, and it can impact relationships and career ambitions. I recently came across the work of Dr. Monique Valcour, where she discussed that burnout is a three-component syndrome of exhaustion, cynicism, and inefficacy that arises in response to chronic stressors. Cynicism, Valcour says, can be the result of work overload, but it is also likely to occur in the presence of high conflict, unfairness, and lack of participation in decision-making. How many of us can say that we have felt like this in our homes or workplaces? I know I can. Dr. Valcour says that inefficacy refers to feelings of incompetence and a lack of achievement and productivity. Burnout also impacts us when we lack the resources and support to do our jobs well. This could include the lack of adequate time, information, clear expectations, independence, or meaningful relationships with those whose involvement we need to succeed. Burnout can also be brought on by the absence of feedback or recognition. How many times have we been left wondering about the quality of our work or feeling that it's unappreciated. Have you finished a project, a presentation, or an event and received no response at all? I have felt this often. It's so frustrating. For me, when I give a speech, write an article, or provide professional learning to a group of people, if there is no follow-up by the organizer or participants, I have no idea if what I am doing is benefiting others or if something needs to be added, improved, or even eliminated. A lack of response does not allow any of us to grow. Burnout can happen to anyone at any time. Change is possible though. Consider these five key changes to confront and conquer burnout, either for yourself or for those you love serve, and lead. Number one, recognize. Understand that you, your loved one, student, colleague, or employee may be experiencing burnout. Learn about the symptoms and discover how to identify these. Number two, examine. Inquire about how you and they are doing. Consider sharing your experience with another person or asking them if they would like to share how they are feeling in their own time and method. 
Number three, connect. Find some way or someone to connect with others. Attempt to shift one's perspective to a more positive one by encouraging an affirmative evaluation of accomplishments, goals, skills, and interest. Remind yourself and others to exercise, sleep often, and eat well. Join them on this journey. Number four, follow up. Check in with others as needed. Review how you or they have improved or worsened. Consider additional guidance when needed. And finally, number five, show gratitude. Let others know they are appreciated often. Remind them of their gifts. Showing gratitude is powerful to both the receiver and the giver. Burnout does not make us any less of a professional. It makes us human. My godmother, Aunt Marion, always reminds me, we are all going through something. I have taken this to heart when working with students, colleagues, and clients, and also interacting with friends and family. I am less likely to criticize or challenge when I think of her genuine words. To confront and conquer burnout, we should do so together by prioritizing people. We should care for and about the people on our teams, whatever those teams may be, families, friendships, or workplaces. We should make this a priority over anything else we are attempting to produce or perform. I have placed some resources in the show notes for us to review. I hope you find these helpful. How are we making key changes to confront and conquer burnout? Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing it with others and joining me again next week. In my coming episodes, I'll discuss topics that are most passionate to me, along with things I've been researching or areas of my life I have changed or want to change. You can learn more about me on my website, makingkeychanges.com. Feel free to message me through there or reach out on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you and learn about what key changes you hope to make.